I want to incorporate more of that, uh, that worship. Um, we want to go that direction, uh, continue to bring in the hymns and, and as well. But, uh, but you know, there's just something. Uh, God really, um, this week has been an, uh, an interesting week. You know, um, He's opening more and more doors, uh, more and more things uh, for, for me in, in ministry as uh, just the teaching through High Call and this, this, the way that's spreading. And, you know, it, it put me in a place. I was in my deer blind uh, last, last week, and, uh, and I did get the big buck, which uh, some of you, if you see Facebook, and you, you've seen that buck. But what was really cool about that day is I, I set my blinds up. I hunt from blinds more than stands. I, I like being on the ground. I like. Uh, I just don't like climbing trees anymore, and and uh, I certainly don't like them being able to see me. And I have to freeze for like, you know, ever you got to be so calm and so still, and you can move around a blind and, and and I get good comfortable chairs. But I I pack in there my Bible and my you know with technology the way it is, I can. You know, my, my phone can be an internet source if I need to go to emails or do whatever. Uh, I check those once in a while, and uh, some of y'all, that's an inside joke. But, um, but, but I do, I mean, really, seriously, what, what God, I was, I was uh, sitting there, um, and I went out early, like at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, knowing that I was going to have time, the deer wouldn't be coming in, but I wanted to get in early. But I wanted to also just sit and, and pray. I knew that I wouldn't have much distraction. I knew I wouldn't have much, uh, many, you know, there wouldn't be obviously people coming out there. Uh, but I, be, I began, I took my, my tablet, my Remarkable, and I, I just began to write some things and, and just asking God questions, just praying over things, just wanting, wanting direction. And, and uh, I've called this Get a Clear Vision because, uh, and I want you to turn to Habakkuk chapter 2. Because I want to talk some about vision, uh, not not in great depth, but just some things that God began to stir in me. Because we, I, you know, I've got a lot on my plate, so I, I'm always evaluating God. You know, what's too much? Where's where? What do I need to trim out? Uh, what do I need to add to? What do I need to put my focus on? And um, you know, I I know a lot of times I was talking to JT about this when he was here. I was like, man, you know, these opportunities to to go on radio more and and other other opportunities are coming. And, you know, how do I fit all that in with, with, and maintain the, the strength of the church and the direction that, that the, other, the ministries right here on the ground are doing and, and that, we're local, that are local? And how do I sort through that? And, and you know, his statement was, I always want to do all I can do. You know, and, and that's, that's what we, we desire to do. I, I always have taken on probably more than, I've always bit off more than I can chew. And one of the things that I learned was because when I first started in ministry, I was not a gifted speaker. I was not educated for it. I didn't want to do it. There was, an, I could, I could give you a whole list of reasons why I never should have been in the pulpit to start with. Not because I didn't have a heart for God. Not that, not. I mean, I had given my life to God, but I wasn't qualified in so many in in so many respects. But yet, I knew what God had put in me. I knew what He had called me to do, and so I had to choose to set aside all the reasons why I couldn't and just take what God said I could do. And as I began to evaluate that, because, I mean, I've been at this over 30 years, 30, about 32 years that, that I've been in ministry, and as I and, and there's been all kinds of different opportunities, different sized churches, there's been big churches, small churches, there's been startups, that, things to, to restore, to recoup, to, to help, 
there's been traveling ministry and ministry out in different places, all these different things. But there's been one thing that was consistent through it all, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, what God kind of showed me. And it fits with where and how God uses us here. And I believe that always takes place. The, the pastor, uh, his callings fit with the direction of the church, or the church begins to fit with his callings in a lot of ways. And so let's look at Habakkuk chapter 2, though, because Habakkuk goes before God, and, I, and, and I, this is something for you for your personal life. You know, I'm going before God not only for the church, for this church, for the Cowboy Church, for High Call Ministries, but I'm, God, what is your vision for my life as well? Because when it all boils down, I mean, you know, 10 years from now, I'll be, I'm almost 57, I'll be 57 in a couple of weeks. I'll be, you know, 67. Y'all will be thinking, when that old geezer going to retire? You know, he, he, needs, he needs to, you know, we need some young blood in here, you know, maybe in about 10 years. Some, if you're saying that now, shame on you. That's not good. But no, I'm just kidding. But uh, but it, at some point, you know, we're gonna we're building for the next generation. We're building if we're if we're doing this right. We're we're building for for the future, and so we want to we want. But what does God have for me as well as the church? But for you, think about this: you in your life, if you have a personal vision and you set things out there, then when things get rough or things change or things adapt, you still have some a track to run on. Habakkuk here says, I will climb, verse 1, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. You know, he, he's saying, I'm going to go check out things. I'm going to take a look. And, and I think that's where we got to start with getting a vision is we want to come before God. We want to say, come before God. And, and, and when we can come before God and say, okay, God, it's all on the table. Because here's, here's what I had to learn is I had to learn that I could trust God. He loved me more than I could comprehend, and His desire and plan for me was going to be good. If it differed from what I thought I wanted, I knew that it would still be awesome as long as He and I were together. You know, you think about uh, an example of a dream, and a, you could call it a vision, a dream that, that came to Joseph. You know, Joseph's the, 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 man, the, the man who got the coat of many colors. He was, he, he was the, the youngest son, but yet the favorite, and, and all these things. But when God gave him his dream and he shared it with his brothers, his brothers hated him for it, and they, they tried to kill him, or they were going to. Some of them were going to, and one brother stood up and said, no, let's don't kill him, let's just sell him into slavery. Well, that sounds like a good deal. Huh. But here was the thing. God's dream never died in him and never left. It continued on. And, and all the things that happened in Joseph's life set him up to fulfill what he, God had shown him in that, in that moment. You know, sometimes I, I remember seeing things that were so far out in advance that I couldn't hardly comprehend them that God would, would, would say he would, he would do. Some things have come to pass. Some things are still in this in, in my heart, still things that haven't completely come to pass yet. They're getting closer. They're getting closer, some of them. But we just continue on. He said, I'm going to go to my, my guard post. I'm going to go where I can see and hear God's word. I'm going to get the connection there. Verse, the rest of that verse, he says, There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. He was coming at him with an honest question. You know, verse uh, chapter 1, verse 12, O Lord, my God, my Holy One, who, uh, you who are eternal, surely you do not plan to wipe us out. O Lord, O my rock, uh, you have sent these Babylonians to correct us. So he's throwing out this question, and I don't want to get into the 
to the question so much. I just want you to understand, he's bringing God an honest question, and there's going to be times, and that's what I did. I wrote out some things on my, and I do this in my, in my seeking God time for me, uh, and I say, okay, God, here's, here's a question. Now, if I've learned that if I can put that question in a yes or no answer, it's easier to hear. A lot of times I've, I've, I've asked God something so complex that I wouldn't know when he answered it. You know, I mean, it'd have to be in a, it's not, it wouldn't be a word, it would be multiple words, it would have to be a paragraph. And I'm thinking, okay, so that's hard, that's harder to hear, but when God says yes or no, and see, here's the thing, it's also easy to, to check that or verify that by simply in getting into agreement with that and letting that set, and what I've learned is that God will lead us by peace. He'll give us a piece about that decision. So what I've told people multiple times in, in, in their, as they're making decisions, do I go here? Do I do this? Do I do that? Make that decision between you and God and sit on it and see if peace remains. And, and if you still have a peace, then you, you can begin to move that forward. And, <clears throat> and that'll help. So uh, he, he goes before God, then verse the, the rest of that verse, uh, or, or verse actually verse uh, 2, he says, Then the Lord said to me, Write my vision, or this, this uh, New Living says, Just write my answer plainly on tablets so that, I, so, so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. See, here's the thing I see in that is that we've got to get God's answer direction, and then we use that to run on. He says, so that others can run on it. Where the church is concerned, our vision needs to be plain so that we can run on it together. It'll always come back. It'll keep us, when we deviate, it'll keep us on track. But our personal vision, when God gives that to us, it keeps us on track and it gives us something to run on. You know, it helps us to, to be brought back whenever all these other things come. See, there's, there's opportunities all around us, but how do we keep from getting too scattered and becoming ineffective. I know I have that problem. I, 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 there's so many opportunities. There's so many things. And, and I've, I've had multiple, multiple people say, well, you, you know, you need to do, narrow this or you need to do that or you need to do this other. But a sure way to fail, listen to this, is to take everyone's advice or no one's advice. You, you, sometimes you got to, and, and this is one thing, you got to be willing to go, think, go it alone with what you feel like God has said to do. You got to hold your ground and 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 stand, whether it no, even if nobody goes with you on things. You know what's wonderful is, is if it's God, you you won't be alone for long. You you you're going forward, moving forward. But the, our, our I heard a guy say one time, be uh, when you when you de when you're determined to stand forever, you won't be standing long. God God will bring in the answer and bring things, but you've got to have that that uh, commit commitment. We got to ask ourselves a question every day. Where should I where should my focus be? You can ask yourself that question. Where should my focus be? You know, uh, I, I feel like there's a lot of good things to be involved in. But my plan has to include a God a, a God-centered and and sorry, let me read better what I wrote. I feel like there's a lot of good things to be involved in. My planning has to include and be centered around what are God things. What are the God things? Not just the good things, but the God things. 
You know, I, I relate this to the church. I see a lot of needs. I see a lot of things that we could be doing, the things that we, we need to do. And, and, and people will give me all, all kinds of suggestions on things that we need to do. Not a lot, but, but sometimes. And sometimes they're good, and, and they are good, but they're not necessarily God for this moment, for this season, for this time, for right now. It might be that we say, yes, we need to do that, but we're going to do that when we can, when we can get there. There's other things that you just got to jump off sometimes and just you just got to get out there. Sue kept questioning me on Wednesday night. Are you sure you got time for this? How are you going to do this? Do we have nursery lined up? I went, um, yeah. I'm sure Cody and Tammy will bail me out with their daughter. There's all these things that are hard. But you know what? Here's the thing. The reason we haven't already done it is because we go, well, we're not quite ready. 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 And sometimes the only way to get ready is to commit. And we got to do it. But we got to sort through those things. Now, I felt like that because of what's going on in the world right now is a, is a very important time. And we got a little short window before the holidays. We can do a four-week Wednesday night uh, time, come, get that done, and then we break for, until after the first of the year. And then we evaluate it, and we, and we try to adapt, adapt it again. We want to start small groups. There's a need for that. Men's ministry. There's a need for that. There's all these things that are a need, but we have to do them effectively. We have to do them according to what God's directing, not just in uh, what, what seems right. But notice what he said. He said, uh, he says, write that plainly so that, so that they can run. You know, I began to uh, uh, think about the, the vision for our church. Um, let, me, let me read this statement first. Clear vision is what helps to cut through the distractions to the most important thing. Does this commitment advance me to my vision? That's a question that we can ask ourselves. Is this getting me where I, where I need to go? You know, uh, I'll, I'll, before I get on to the church, Sue and I, for our family, it was one of the things that we had as a, it wasn't written down, but it was understood. We had this discussion about what we expected in our family, how we wanted to raise our kids. It started when we were dating, when we were just seniors in high school. And we, we were sitting out in the car out in front of the, the gymnasium after all the Everybody had left, and we were just talking, and we were hadn't been dating very long, and uh, but but we were sitting there, and we talked about how many kids we wanted, and and uh, she you know she wanted to stay home and raise the kids, and and uh, so I was willing, and I was like, that's good with me. I'll, I'm willing to to carry that load, and and in uh, in making the money, and all these things. This was before ministry, or long before kids, all that stuff. But we set that as a vision. We talked about how we wanted to discipline and we talked about what, what was going to be uh, values in putting God in the middle of things. There were all these things that we put out there as a, as a vision for what our family was going to be like. And those things, uh, those things held us at times whenever and brought us back to a time whenever things were, uh, could have gotten, gone awry. I will, uh, It'll stabilize our lives when things get pulled in too many directions. You know, in my life, I begin to think about what was a central thing, has it been a central thing in ministry since I first began in ministry, and it was to teach the Word. It's always been to teach the Word. My, my, there were a lot of variations or some variations from that as far as how I did that, but if I think about it, what, it, what am I called to do? And that's to teach the Word. That's why I try to work my life around that central focus and make everything else uh, not pull me to where I can't do that effectively. That's my, that's my number one calling because regardless of what I did, whether I was going to a, doing a rodeo ministry with 
15 or 20 or 30 people on a, on a weekend at, a, at somewhere, or if I was pastoring in church, or if I was just traveling and teaching, or if I'm doing my morning uh, Bible study, when I, when I sit down at my desk at 6.30 every morning and, and do that, I am coming with the Word to teach the Word. But the way I teach the Word and, and the thing that, 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 uh, about that teaching, I realized it was to draw people to God or, or connect people with God. When I simplify it down, it's to connect people to God. That's what, that's what everything that I do is about. It's, it's giving you a way to relate your life, connect your life to a living God. I wrote this down. Um, uh, I've come to realize that there, there, what is central in that vision for me is to connect people to God uh, in, in that teaching. I desire to show people that they can have a per personal relationship with Jesus Christ and walk in the blessings that come in that connection to Him. Now, when I relate that or connect that to the church, I begin to think about that with the church or where the church is concerned. This church is, it has, that, has that personality or my personality on it as, as, as having developed it over the last eight years from a very small group to what we are today. And, and where we're going. And so when I relate that, I, I, I put that vision statement into our church as connecting people to God, but then we add and to each other. This is what I came up with as I was sitting in my, in my deer blind is because there, is, there needs to be the connection to each other. That's what I felt like we accomplished the most last night is we gained a little bit of fellowship and a little bit of, of community uh, within that. That's why we do some of the things that we do. Now you think about what we do on a, in, in our church. We, we, why did we do worship and why do we sing songs? Just so you know we can have, you guys sounded awesome by the way. That was fun. I love that. You guys were singing now. It was, it was awesome up here. I, I wanted to really look up but I, I didn't want to lose my, my place and miss any more chords than I did anyway. I only missed a couple but uh, did pretty good. But, but you know here's the thing. Uh, worship connects us to God. You know, we want to sing songs. That's why we sing songs. But it brings us together in unity. We're declaring as a body, God, we, we love you. you. How great is our God? We're, we're remembering. And, and, and I hope that you learn as we worship like that, that you, you learn that you can, you can just praise God on your own. Like you can... You can say, yes, Lord, you are great. You're greater than my greatest. I mean, right in the middle of singing, you, when everybody's singing, it won't be too noticeable. Now, if you start talking about certain things and, and getting real personal and the person right in front of you might hear you, so remember that. But you know what? Sometimes, man, I have been in that place where I, I couldn't connect with God, but I was in church and I was in worship and I was saying, oh, God, I need you. You are greater, God. You know, I'm shout to the Lord. All, I mean, I love that song because I, you can connect with God. The reason those, those songs came up is because I'd gotten my guitar out and started worshiping for me with those songs and, uh, and how powerful those were. And I asked Mom, I said, do you think since uh, you're shorthanded this week, this week, can we jump in here with these? And uh, it was a blessing. But see, uh, the focus of ministry that I lead will, will begin to have the same, same qualities or same calling that I have as well. And, and you know what? Here's the thing. 
It's not like that's unique. That's, that's really common among everybody who leads a church. That's what church does is they, they're all trying to connect. Well, valuable, vi- viable churches uh, should be and are trying to connect, connect people to God. You know, um, I think about the, th- this is what the mission statement says of, of Carrier Church. We're a church guided by the Holy Spirit to preach the good news, to heal, to proclaim, to recover, and to comfort all according to Isaiah 61, 1 through 3, and Luke 4, 18. That's in our, that's in our bylaws. But the vision statement was, was, was rather long. That's why I'm working on shortening it. A vision to grow an effective church family where all can experience a new life in Christ and know the love of God, become disciples of His work, and build His kingdom according to Ephesians 3, 3 10, and 4, 12. Well, listen, that, that's, that's great. That's very foundational. That's awesome. But you can't remember, you know, that's, that's a lot harder to remember. If, if, we, if we summarize that into we want to connect people to God and we want to connect to each other. That's what, that's what becomes important because, see, here's the thing. Then when, when, when you're in need, your family knows it. You're connected to God who is your source at all times. But also then when we're connected to one another, when, then we have a resource that whenever you're in need and, 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 and troubles come or maybe a joy, you can share those things together. And so we want to learn or we want to develop how to be connected to each other. Uh, I want us to look at, at Mark, or let's, let's, um, let's stay here in Habakkuk. I want to read just a few more verses because there's something that was pretty cool I saw in verse 3. It says this, this vision is for a future time. Now understand something that, that we set a vision out there and it stays out in front of us. We'll accomplish some of it. We've, we've connected people to God. That's one of the things that I hear all the time is people say, I've never, I've never experienced God like I'm experiencing God now. I've never connected with God. They'll even use those words sometimes. I've never co- connected to God like I have since I started coming to this church. But it, but, so it's a now thing. We begin to see it, but it's also that thing that stays out in front of us. So why do we do what we do? Because we want to connect people to God. Why do we want to develop small groups so that we connect people to God and develop relationships? Why do we want to do some of the things that we do? It's, it's for that reason. But this next phrase, this next sentence here in verse 3, it says it describes the end and it will be fulfilled. Now, I wrote out beside there, clearly defined. It describes it. That's what the vision, what, what God was speaking to Habakkuk, and <clears throat> excuse me, what Habakkuk was supposed to write down was what was clearly, it, it clearly defined how he was going to do what he was going to do. Now, <clears throat> sometimes, you know, I, I began to, as I was praying over some specific things for, for me and the church, I was like, I, I said, God, show me in your word what these things are. See, one of the ways that God describes what it is that we're to do is He he takes the Word. That's why when we developed that vision statement when I first came here, uh, when we modified the bylaws and and made that that statement, we we took Scriptures. We based it off Scriptures. That's what you want to do is base it off of Scripture. But what is the... We'll look at the Great Commission here in a little bit and we'll see how we're, we're staying on track. But he says, describe to the end. And it says... If it seems slow in coming, hurry it up and push it on through. Is that what it said? No. No, that's not what it said. Some of y'all were like, wait a minute, what? It says, if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. 
for it will surely take place and it will not be delayed. You know, that, that sounds like it's arguing with itself. It says it's slow in coming, wait patiently. He says if it, if it doesn't come early, but, but it's, it'll not be delayed. In other words, it'll not be stopped. It'll not be delayed from coming to pass the exact time that God says it, says it should. See, that's the thing. It, it'll be delayed in your, in your statement, but, it might, but it's not going to be delayed in His. You know, here's something I've found is I've waited a long time for some things. I've watched God work. Uh, and, and there's other times things just, just happen. You know, um, I remember when, when we went into ministry, Sue and I went into ministry, and, and we left the ranch. I had a really nice roping horse, or ranch horse. I had a, it was a horse that we'd raised on the ranch. Mom uh, gave that horse to me. It, it had been started by uh, a guy, but I got it when it was about five years old, and then started using it on the ranch. At that time, I was uh, day work, or not day working, but working on a ranch that we were horseback just about every day. And then I would go home and rope. That was when I was young. I could, I could ride all day and rope half the night. But, you know, that horse uh, became an amazing horse. He was a, a really good rope, uh, roan, beautiful roan horse. I, I loved that horse. And, and it was, but when I went into ministry, I had to give that horse up. And he was the type of horse that um, you, he'd never run by a cow. I mean, he, he, and he had loads of speed. He, you could do anything on him. The only thing you couldn't do is when you got off the doctor to tie one down, you better hold on to the reins because he would leave you. He would go back to the trailer if you let him go. That's his only flaw. But that horse, it was hard to give it up. But, but when, I, when I let that horse go, I gave up everything I gave up for God, God's brought back to me. You know, God reminded me of that because I, I was looking for a horse. I needed a horse, and Sue was like, let's just be patient. Let's just be patient. Let's just be patient. I'm like, yeah, but uh, my gray horse got crippled, and I was like, I'm out of a horse, and I, you know, I, don't, I, I need a horse. She goes, you don't have to have one right now. You just, you just you know, she's just, to be patient. It's easy for her to be patient, unless it's something she wants. But when it's something I want, it's easy for her to be patient. But I, but I, but I was. I, I put this before God, and I said, God, here, here's, here's, you know what I need. And so, He brought somebody to my attention. I called this this friend, actually two friends, but I called these guys, and and they pointed me to a guy that had a horse. A guy I didn't know, but he had this horse. Well, I knew I didn't want to spend very much money on a horse because I mean, you priced ranch horses. It's like, oh my, it's a, it's, a, it's insane. But I let God bring that horse, and, and, and this horse is pretty amazing. This horse is pretty awesome, and it, didn't, it, it wasn't one that was expensive. There's a, there, there's, I, God related that back to me. The things that you give, the things that you put, don't let come between you and God. God will provide. God will supply. When you, when you give to God, God always brings things back into your hands. He doesn't always bring it at the times and the speed that you want, though, and I think that's a big part of what he's saying right there. He says, wait patiently for it. It'll surely take place, and it'll not be delayed. It'll come exactly when God says and God knows you need it. Boy, I'll tell you what, that's good. Now let's turn to Matthew chapter 16. I don't want to wrap this up real quickly with the Great Commission. Something that stirred in me. How Jesus paints a picture with one sentence or he gives them a directive with one sentence and then he follows it up with painting a picture 
of what it looks like. In uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 15, it says, And then he told them, talking to his disciples, Go into all the world and preach the good news, or the gospel, that's the same uh, word or same meaning, to everyone. That's his vision statement for them. Anytime they wondered what to do, they could go back to that. That's, what I, that's why I want the, the simple understanding was connect people to God and, and to each other. Everything we do is, is this connecting people to God. They could go back to that, go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news to everyone. I'm in Mark, sorry. What did I say? Hey, I'm glad somebody is on the ball. No wonder pages were still flipping. I thought, don't y'all know where the gospels are? You have the notes. Why didn't you correct me? Okay. You know that I don't always follow my notes. That's why you sit there. Okay, all right. I'm really following my notes. Now. See, I was just seeing, I was just seeing who was really led by the Holy Spirit this morning. Martha wins the prize. Martha and mom are over here going, it's Mark. Okay. <laughs> Mark. It started with an M. Okay, come on. Chapter 16, verse 15. He says, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news, the gospel to everyone. Now, he gives them that vision statement for their ministries, for their lives. And you know, that's not just for them. That's for us as well. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. I'm not called into that. But yet you can go into all the world, everywhere you go, and you can share the good news. You don't have to preach the, you know, thus says the Lord. But you can share do you know how many people have been transformed and changed by somebody simply sharing what God did for them? Preach the good news. And notice verse 16. I love this. He says, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe uh, will be condemned. He says, your job is not to get them saved. Your job is simply to share the gospel. The Holy Spirit draws people, and there'll be some accepted. There'll be some rejected. It's not on us. To, to get them saved, it's us to present the good news and the gospel. It's us to go into all the world. But verse 17, it says, this is when he begins to paint the picture. He says, these, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They'll cast out demons in my name, and they'll speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And, and, and y'all are still called, you who don't like snakes, all right, you... Some of you are like, I'm out. Uh-uh, no. We'll talk about this in just a second without delaying. He says, you'll cast out demons. You'll speak in new tongues. You'll, you'll be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they, if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. Notice, he says, they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will, recover, they will be healed or recover. Now, here's, here's what I want you to see out of that picture. He's not developing a... a a religion of handling snakes and drinking strychnine, all right? That is false, okay? That is not what that's about. He's not even saying that you need to go out and just find you a rattlesnake and just prove that God's with you. No. But if you're in a situation that something needs to be removed, you see, he says new languages. 
That means whatever language would be necessary. If I were dropped off somewhere where I didn't speak the language and I didn't have a translator, God would, could provide a language to preach the gospel in that. You can tie that to the uh, gift of tongues if you want to, but also the tongues of, the, of whatever we need at the time. That's really what he's painting the picture of. No demon in hell can, can defeat it. No, no language barrier can limit it. No, no uh, poisonous thing, what where they were going, where they were going to other countries, other places, if they ate something, there was going to be a problem. So the power of God, there was no barrier. That's what he's really getting at. He's painting a picture. And you know, here's the thing. When, when we as a church have a commission to go into all the world, we can't fall physically go, but that's why the missions ministry is so powerful. We can sow seed into somebody who is going where we can't go, going into another place. God will bring that together. So us as a church, I want to close with verses 19 and, and, and 20. He says, when the Lord said that finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down at the place of honor at God's right hand. The awesome thing about that is, is he is there releasing his authority. In verse 20, it says, and the disciples, eh, they sit around and said, man, I don't know if we can do this. No, it says they, they went everywhere and preached, the, preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said with many miraculous signs. See, Jesus was removing any barrier that would stop them, either physically, spiritually, or whatever. I want to read this statement. There's a man named Robert Hales, Robert D. Hales, if you want to look at him. I don't, I don't know the man. I just saw this. This is a phenomenal thing. I heard of this man, Robert D. Hales. He lived an amazing life full of achievement and adventure. But when he was now old and limited, just a shell of who he was, he was asked, when age has caught up with you and you're unable to do physically like you could, how do you handle this? And his response was this, when you can't do what you've always done, only do what matters most. You know, when it comes down to your, your personal vision, don't be consumed with things that don't matter. Choose to put your time and your attention on what matters most. Instead of feeling overwhelmed with all the things that don't matter, come back to your vision and focus on that. So ask the Lord, God, what's a vision for my life? Your career, your business. You know, ask God to narrow it down so that you can see where you want to go, what you want to accomplish. Define yourself, be content with who you are and what you can do. You know, just recently I, I just said, I said, Lord, okay, if I'm a one-talent guy, I just want to be the best one-talent guy there is. If it's two talents, I, I'm not trying to be something I'm not. Dare to be what you really are and learn to accept with good grace all that you're not. I'm going to tell you what, the internet can be a, a, a and social media can be a, a, a blessing and it can be a curse. If you start comparing your life to everybody else's, oh, I want that family, or I want that look, or I want that body, or I want that talent. Man, I look at some of the ministers out there, what they can write. I mean, people can just do stuff. I, I'm like, why would anybody even listen to me? I know I'm not perfect in some of those things. That's just the devil talking. But 
when I come back down to what I can do, you know, what God has given me, it, it really keeps me humble to just say, God, just use me however, and, they, and you're the same way. Your, your family may not be without flaw. Your, your, your life may not be perfect. You may be a work in progress. Just keep working towards it. Let God show you a vision for your life, how you want to live, how you want to be. And listen, when things change, because they will, when things come that you didn't expect, always go back to the fact that God is still there with you. You can align, you can adjust, and, and make sure that God's still with you. Let's pray. Father, we just praise you. We thank you for, for the power of a vision for a church and for us individually. The, the Lord, as, as we begin to seek out who, who we are, and we begin to look at ourselves not through comparison with this world, but, but through the lens of, of the Word. We reflect in the mirror of the Word, and God, I pray that we'd see great things. We, we see the power of God at work in us. We see a hope that's beyond where we're at. And Lord, I pray that we'd begin to develop those, that, that vision for our life, how we see ourselves. And let that word be dis, de, defined and descriptive to help us to maintain when, when things begin to get scattered. Help us sort through what's good and what's God. Help us take and, and define ourselves in such a way that we can, we can be content with who we are and, and uh, have good grace for what we're not. We thank you, Lord God, that with you, though, all things are possible. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.